When is the last time that you were humbled? Maybe not a question you've ever been directly asked, but it's a part of life, right? It's happened to all of us. To be humbled in a way means to be brought low or to be brought back to reality. Uh, the time that stands out to me most recently when I was humbled was a, a few months ago. I had just gotten done uh, finishing, or I just finished preaching a sermon in the 8.30 service, and it was a good sermon. I didn't think it was my best sermon ever, but I thought it was a good sermon. And uh, someone came up to me after the, the service, and he said, I felt like you were talking to me the entire time. Now, an insight on how pastors' minds work. When we write a sermon, our goal is to make every person feel like we're talking directly to you, like, how did you know that that's what I needed to hear? Or, you know, something like that. Now, I'd not really heard anybody say this to me before, and so I'm, I'm like, okay. I'm, you know, I'm pretty jazzed. I'm feeling myself a little bit. And I, I don't remember what it was that he said, but I realized that's not what he meant. Uh, you see, the main person in the scripture reading and this person shared the same name. So every time I mentioned this biblical character's name, it sounded like I was talking to him. I thought he was saying that my sermon just in, uh, impacted and affected him on such a, a deep and personal level, but he was just talking about the fact that I was saying his name a whole lot. It was a little bit humbling. Now, I don't think I was being arrogant or anything like that, but in that moment, my focus had gotten out of check. You know, I thought my sermon was a, a bigger deal than what it was. In a way, that's what it means to be humbled, to realize you're not as big of a deal as you thought. Now, maybe you don't remember the last time that you were humbled, but don't worry I'm going to do that today. Oh, boy. I'm going to have to go through this whole humbling process like I did with that sermon again, aren't I? So let me rephrase that. My goal is to humble you, uh, to, to make you feel small, even in a literal sense. Then my goal is also to build you back up in Christ. As Pastor Bugler mentioned, our reading from Psalm 8, which is the appointed reading for today, is the focus for my message. And Psalm 8 is actually one of my favorite psalms. Now, are you ready to be humbled? Because uh, in the very first verse, David, the author of this psalm, begins what I think of as like a humbling tour that he goes on. He starts out, verse 1, saying, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the very start of this psalm, it's telling us something that we already know, right? God is a pretty big deal. Think about it this way. When people like Alexander the Great or uh, Genghis Khan or Napoleon Bonaparte, when, when they conquered territories, their name was a pretty big deal in those territories and maybe the surrounding areas. And especially for Alexander the Great, he conquered a lot of territory. But in the grand scheme of things, none of them really conquered a, a whole lot of the world. And so while their name was great in those specific areas of the world, in the grand scheme of things, they were kind of small potatoes. 
Here in Psalm 8, David is saying that God's name is great over the whole earth. And if that isn't enough, he takes it one step farther. He says, his name is set above the heavens. Like today, as humans, as mankind, we are still very much limited to uh, the planet Earth. There have been people who have left Earth, and that is truly amazing, but by and large, we are confined to this planet. And here, David is saying that not only like Alexander the Great, where his name was great uh, in some areas of the world, God's name is great over the earth and over the heavens. David takes us on this humbling tour by, by zooming out to show us how far above us God really is. I don't know if you've ever had this thought before. I used to kind of think about this a lot as a kid and sometimes as an adult, but where your mind kind of goes down a rabbit hole. You know, you might be sitting in your backyard and you think, I've got a pretty big backyard, but my, my yard isn't even as big as my neighbor's, and my neighbor's isn't even the biggest on the block, and the biggest on the block isn't even the biggest in the neighborhood. And well, the neighborhood over there isn't, uh, is a lot bigger than ours. And then you think, well, I just live in one small city. We, uh, that's not even the whole state. And then you think about how many states make up the United States of America. And then you think about how the United States of America isn't even the biggest country in the world. And then you think about how big the planet Earth is. And then you think about how much bigger the sun is than the planet Earth. Does anybody know how many times larger the sun is than Earth? Show off a little bit. Nobody's going to show off after I made those comments about being humbled before. <laughs> I had to look it up. I didn't just know it. But Earth, uh, the sun is 109 times bigger than planet Earth. You see that fourth dot from the left on the bottom? Someone, some of you in the back might not even see it. That's our huge planet Earth. That is what holds 7 billion plus people. And it doesn't compare to that massive yellow ball that is the sun in the background. And there you might think—go uh, back a slide, please. Uh, and there you might think, oh my goodness, the sun is the largest thing in all of existence. And you would be wrong. Because there's actually a, a sun called Betelgeuse— which, sorry, I'm going to say that name a number of times. Um, and Betelgeuse is 1,400 times larger than our sun, than our huge, massive sun. Here's a, a visual comparison. Uh, you can go to the next slide, yeah. Here's a visual comparison of our sun compared to Betelgeuse. That little tiny dot is our sun. That's how small it is compared to Betelgeuse. And there are suns larger than Betelgeuse. Our sun is 109 times larger than the earth. That means that Betelgeuse is 1, 141,863 times than the world. And from there, America makes up less than 2% of the globe. And from there, we live in Ohio. And Ohio isn't really that big. And in small Ohio, there are smaller counties. And in smaller counties, there are smaller cities. And when you get down to it, you, in fact, are one small person. 
starting to feel humble yet? If not, David has one more thing to, to do the trick. David says that the heavens, the moon, and the stars are the works of God's fingers. To say that we are like what an ant is to a human is overstating it. We aren't even a speck. You know, each time you, you zoom out in a map, things get smaller and smaller. Each time we zoom out in the vastness of God's creation, we realize how small we truly are. And at the end of David's humbling journey, he asks God a question that I think is perhaps the most appropriate question you could ask. What is man? What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him? David realizes how small, how unimportant, insignificant he is in the vastness of God's creation. You been humbled yet? Now, humbling you was only half my goal. Right after David asks this question, he, he says something to, to shift gears a little bit. Right after he says, what is man that you are mindful of him? He says, yet you have made him just a little bit lower than the heavenly beings, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea. We are small in the vastness of God's creation. But in God's creation, we are the most important to him. I love how David, for, for just extra measure, even says that we are just a little bit below the angels. God created us just a little bit lower than the heavenly beings who have been there with God since the beginning of time. We are the crown of God's creation. That's something that I've, I've mentioned in past sermons, and I, I would not presume to think that you remember it. I uh, don't want to go there again. Uh, but God has made us, though we are so small, he has made us the crown of his creation. And so there both, things, uh, both of these things are, are true at the same time. We are so small in God's creation. Yet we are so important to the Creator. God loves the small, the insignificant things and people. I mean, last week was Christmas, and, and refresh my, my memory, the words are, O big town of Bethlehem? No. A little town of Bethlehem. And that comes directly from Micah 5, 2, the Old Testament prophecy, where it says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. From Bethlehem, the smallest of the clans, Jesus, the Savior of the world, would come. And now Jesus didn't come to his creation for the majesty of Betelgeuse. Jesus didn't come 
for the majesty of the, the sun and the moon and the stars, as majestic as they are. Jesus didn't come for majestic creatures like an elephant or a giraffe. He came for you, for me. Jesus, the Son of God, who was their creation, whose, whose fingertips formed the planets, that Jesus was born as a baby, that Jesus lived a perfect life, dying an unjust death, all for you, only because of his great love for you. Look, I know there can be plenty of times in life where, where we ourselves feel small, feel insignificant, feel unimportant. And I know there are plenty of times where the things that we do feel like they don't matter. But to God, we matter. What we do matters in God's kingdom. In Luke 14, Jesus tells the parable of the lost sheep. And in this parable, the good shepherd, Jesus, he goes out for that one lost sheep, even though he's got 99 others. Every sheep, though seemingly insignificant compared to the 99, matters to Jesus. Jesus cares so much about you. And as we closed 2022 last night, with all of its worries and troubles, as, as well as joys. And as we today bring in the new year filled with excitement as well as challenges, be reminded that when, when the worries of life seem too big to bear, Jesus, who holds the planets in his hand, cares for you. There's no problem that is too big or too small for Jesus. I pray that you would be humbled, live humbled knowing that in God's creation, you are quite small. But to the creator, you are so important and so loved. Amen. Lord God, we, we are in awe of your creative work, of how you just thought of everything that exists and, and spoke, and it was Lord, we are small. What is man that you are mindful of him, as David says? But we thank you that even though we are small, that we are insignificant compared to the rest of your creation, that you love us so much that you would send Jesus to die for us. Help us to live humbled, but help us to live knowing that we are so loved. In your precious name, amen.